So far in this series, we've laid out the reasoning for the need to get rich. Now I'd like to look at the question of getting rich quickly. Is it even a good idea? If not, what is the alternative? Getting rich slowly? Time to get Tim Connolly on the phone. This is Money Philosophy with Tim Conley and Tan Lay. All right. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. I've already had my coffee. I'm ready to go. I would like to ask you, coming into money, having a large amount of money fall into your lap, why that might not be the best thing to happen to you <laughs> if you're not financially educated? Okay. This is a short one. You're going to blow it all. That's it. (laughs) Why is that? Because when you start off not having money and all of a sudden you have money, you still have the scarcity mindset that existed beforehand. And you would think, well, scarcity mindset, I would just hoard all that money. No, you Mm. go out and acquire everything because you can't see that that uh, windfall has a limit. You're, you're, you're not wired to go, oh, that money's going to just disappear. Uh, I'm going to turn uh, money, which has no real value in itself, into depreciating assets or into very expensive assets like a, a house that then comes with a lot of expenses where you go from your regular house to now a house that you need a large landscaping staff, you need a large cleaning staff to keep the house clean. Well, the, oh, and you've got to buy all the furniture, but you can't go get IKEA furniture for your new mansion. So you have to go out and buy all the designer furniture, which will run you, you know, a million dollars. Uh, to fill up this whole thing. Mm. And well, you can't pull up to your mansion in a a Honda Civic, like they, that just would not be acceptable. So you need to go out and get yourself a Porsche. So you, mm. that's that's what happens. Like if you don't have the awareness of what that money really means and you are in this scarcity mindset, then you go out to hoard all the things you've always wanted. So are you a believer in, um, in the idea of if we were to take all the world's money and redistribute it equally, after some time, it'll end up in the same hands. I would say not just after some time, within a very short period of time, it would end up in the hands of all the people that you took it from. <laughs> and, and, and so this, this, isn't, this isn't a meritocracy argument uh, by itself. There are systems in place to make it so. So you would have to destroy those systems to prevent the money just going right back to the same people. When you have the richest people on the planet, most of which you don't even know their names because they're running hedge funds, they're running banks, they're running the mechanisms, the machinery behind everything else. Well, if you Mm. get the money and you go to spend it, well, it goes back into their system. And then they get to take, and then they get to take their cut. The, the system will go right back to doing what it's always done. 
which is to siphon off some of the money to people who are running the systems. Okay. Well, then how does a person from outside that system enter the system? Well, thankfully, uh, we have capitalism in the Western world. Uh, and and <laughs> well, even in China, like uh, people who were once incredibly poor became some of the richest people on the planet. But you're saying it only works if it's gradual. Like if somebody just, because we hear all these stories about lottery winners going broke again after a couple of yes. years. It's be, uh, and that's because they, they had no idea about the money. But then there's also this other thing. A lot of those people feel guilty for having the money. Yes, you don't feel you deserve it. Right. So they weren't ready for what was going to happen. Their entire social network was all people exactly yes. like themselves. Yes. And then all of a sudden, they're incredibly wealthy. And all their friends treat them differently because they went out and bought a fancy house and, and, and they bought fancy cars. And then all of a sudden, their friends are like, hey, you know, can you, you know, loan me money? And you're like, I, well, you wouldn't be able to pay me back. Right. And then, and, and so you're in a scarcity mindset. So you start treating your friends like, like they're different. Well, they also treat you like you're different because you have money and you now have, you bought, you went out and bought nice things with that money. And that's a social circle being destroyed creates a lot of stress on those newly wealthy people and they end up blowing all the money and yeah. going back to their old lifestyle. So I think a general philosophy for this, um, things that happen quick, right? If you, if you don't have time to grow into it, then it's not, it's not stable. In the world today, people are used to getting everything instantly. We don't value the process. We just want the results and we want instant results. So in terms of getting rich or getting wealthy, people want to shortcut the process. People want to just jump the line. And we don't realize that that's not what we want to do because we want to get there by going through the process. Yes, or you learn from others and speed up the process. You can speed up the process, but you can't skip it. Yes, you can. Really? What can you skip? So Silicon Valley needed to answer that question because their mm. entire model is to take young people who have really great ideas and a ton of energy to put towards those ideas, dump a bunch of money into, the, into those ideas, and then grow those businesses quickly and then sell out of those businesses very quickly and take millions, if not billions of dollars uh, in profits. So there's an entire business model designed to do just that, to skip all the uh, failures that would come from these young people who had nothing and are all of a sudden worth $100 million. They surround them with all the right people to prevent these people who have gotten incredibly rich in less than five years. They've surrounded them with people to make sure they don't screw it up. So you're saying it's okay to get a large windfall. It's okay to get a ton of money really quickly. 
But when you do, make sure you surround yourself with the right infrastructure, with the right support system. Right. Uh, so with lottery winners, which is far different than an entrepreneur, because you don't have a system around you, and then you're rich. So now you have to go out and find a system. With the changes in law in the United States that allows college kids to get sponsorship money now so that they because the NCAA was preventing that and they were getting insanely wealthy off of these college kids who weren't even mm. getting a decent education. Mm. They were getting extremely wealthy off these kids. And and now these kids who are talented in, in some sport are instant millionaires now. And there's no system to support them yet. Mm. Uh, with professional sports, systems got developed to help support these young people who one day you're poor, you sign a piece of paper, and all of a sudden mm. you're extremely rich. Several million dollars just got deposited into your bank account just by signing a piece of mm. paper. They have systems Crazy. that have been built around them to support them. There's going to be a lot of college kids. College campuses in the United States are going to change uh, like crazy. There's going to be mansions that are going to go up around all the major sports uh, universities, uh, Mich like uh, Michigan State, uh, Duke, like all these, all these campuses are going to end up with mansions around them. Why? Because all these athletes who could not make money in the past are now going to uh, walk in as a freshman in college and mm. they're going to have a $5 million sponsorship. Mm. And you're not going to live in a, you're not going to live in a dorm room. Do you think they're going to stay in school? Well, you would have to, or you wouldn't be able to earn your sponsorship money. Oh, that's the agreement. Well, you, okay, well okay, okay. It, the, the agreements with sponsors are you go out and get famous so that we make more money off of you. So if you don't stay in school, well, you're not playing your sport. So if you're not playing your sport, you don't get any of the money. That's, mm -hmm. how, that's how it works. Uh, so we're already seeing millionaires being minted already. As soon as that law went into effect, already a bunch of kids became multimillionaires across the United States and they have yeah. no support system. Right, so for somebody trying to build wealth who's starting out, it would help us to get that mindset first, to, to prepare yourself. And it's okay that it takes time because if a large amount of money suddenly falls into, into your lap, you want to know what to do with it. Right, you, you want to know how to handle it. It's like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, American Idol and X Factor. Those guys that win those competitions, they all disappear, yeah. right? Because they, it was a certain, you know, they come from nowhere, they suddenly win, and then they're famous immediately, and then you go on tour, and then boom, you're done, you disappeared. Whereas the alternative path, which is the struggling band, and you just, you know, you're playing the bars in your neighborhood, and then you grow in that way. You're building your skills and your mindset the right way. Would you say it's a similar analogy? Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> simple enough analogy. Oops. So so uh, Kelly Clarkson, she was a winner, um, and and so she okay. became super famous. Sure, now, she's an exception. She's now huge. here's the thing: how many people ended up on all those shows, even after all those years? A thousand, maybe. 
thousand people, mm. and oh, yeah. one and yeah. one person became super famous. Actually, a couple I think did. Uh, I think there was a, another singer. Uh, he uh, he became uh, famous, and I think he's the lead singer of uh, Three Days Grace now, or one of those other bands. Uh, he became the lead okay. singer of it. Oh, oh no, it was Queen. He's uh, I think he's the lead singer of Queen now. Oh, Adam yes. Lambert. So he yes, he yes. was one of those people. So we're talking, I don't know, a thousand people over <laughs> over the years, and you get a couple of winners, right? Uh, that go on to massive success. If you look at the millions of people who try to be a success in music, and the handful that actually become successful, if you actually look at that on a percentage ah, basis, I see where you're going. Sure, yes. lots of people disappear, but there's there's a higher success ratio being on the show than going than okay, going through the wait. normal system. Great. Good, good, good. Okay. Uh let me argue that. That's not what I said. I'm talking about from the winners. So only looking at the winners and then looking at who has had a sustained career who's lasted which means you can't look at all the, you can't compare that with the millions of people who are trying yes, to make it yes you can i'm talking yes, about yes you can no way i'm no i'm going to stop you because have you ever heard the term one hit wonder of course those were yes. people who slogged their way up they were working really hard i would argue no i would argue they haven't slogged their way most of, most of the time one hit wonders come out and it's their first hit no who has a one-hit wonder on their 50th nope, song? No, because uh, it might be their first album. It might be their first recorded album. But there's almost always 10 years of playing bars that you didn't see. So you told me, <laughs> okay. you were okay. like, these people who slog okay. their way up, right? No, no, I right? said. So that's the thing. Uh, there's that system. It's like we only take the winners. Like, okay, well, then let's take how many tens of thousands of one-hit wonders have existed. And we still have a better system for becoming super successful as an artist through this. Still not a good system. I'll argue that. But uh, that's why I didn't like your analogy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... It's good. You've helped me. You've helped you've helped me refine this. So, still keeping this this music analogy. So, you're saying cuz mine was too simplified. Mine was too far on one side, which is hey, you have to work your way up. You can't get quick money and expect to keep it. You're saying you can if certain conditions are met. Yes. Well, that makes right? sense. So, like, well, you look at your systems, like, oh, if I want to become very wealthy and I want to do it very quickly, well, then who do I need to have around me to help this happen so that I don't just make the money, I actually get to keep the money? Love it. Love it. Okay. So, I like it when you, when you shoot down my... <laughs> um, my ideas. So, so it's not just as simple as saying you got to put in the time and the effort and the sweat and the blood and the tears. You can, there are shortcuts. That's what you're saying. So that's awesome. This is Money Philosophy with Tim Conley and Tan Lay. 
Before speaking to Tim this week, I wanted to get a simple answer to my question: Get rich quick or get rich slow? After speaking to Tim, I realized I was asking the wrong question. It's not about getting the money. The right question is: Are there systems in place for keeping the money? If you have any questions, I could ask Tim. Please send them to me. The email address is hello at moneyphilosophy.blog, and I'll make sure I ask them in the next episode. That's it from me. I'm Tan Lei. This is Money Philosophy.